I want Pastor Cora to come, and I want to thank him and Jessica for the tremendous job they are doing with our students. We love you and thank God for you. Would you give them a good hand of appreciation today? Thank you, Pastor. As always, I appreciate the opportunity. I don't count it lightly to stand up here in, in his footsteps, in his shadow. It's a, a privilege to follow behind him. Today's Youth Sunday, and all my people are headed back into the trenches. I feel like today more than ever, they need on-time words to help them be overcomers in the times that we live in. How many know we serve a big God? Come on now, I serve a bigger God than that. How many know we serve a big God? I know it may look like things are bad, but my God is bigger than any situation this world has. And his people, he's got his people. Any situation that his people, his people can get themselves into, he's got it. But it all depends on where we're looking to. It says that song, it went perfect with what I want to talk about today. And I thought pastor was going to preach my message there for a minute. I started getting nervous. I was like, well, I'm going to have to shift on the fly. I don't know what I'm going to do now if he preaches all my, all my verses. But he says, when, even when I'm surrounded, I'm not worried about it. Because my focus is not on the enemy that's around me, but on the God that's on my side. The God that's beside me. I don't see all the things going on around me. I don't see the arrows that are falling and the enemies that are surrounding me and that look like they're ready to kill me because I'm focused on him right by my side. Psalms 1, 21 and 1, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. I serve a big God that don't take breaks. And even though our world looks like it is, and some people are like, where's God? He's, he's not here. He's, I feel like he's forsaken us. That's not the case. My help comes from the Lord, and he watches over us without sleep or slumber. He's in control. We just have to shift our focus from all the problems to the one who is the solution for the problems. So I wanna do this this morning. I want you to look at your neighbor on the left and I want you to look him dead in the eye, all right? And say, it's get real uncomfortable, didn't it? Just hold it, just hold it, just keep looking at him. Say, what you looking at? All right, now look at your neighbor on the right, look him dead in the eye and say, what you looking at? You got it. Come on now. You got to say it with some with some flavor, okay? You got to put some put some attitude with it. What you looking at? Some people just left the church right then. They got real uncomfortable and said, "I ain't going back there." That's the title of my message this morning. What you looking at? The things that you focus on in life will be the things that you begin to gravitate toward. They will be the priorities in your life. They will be what and who you become. 
I want to start off with an old Cherokee Indian parable that tells the story of two wolves. In short, there are two wolves that are constantly fighting. One wolf is darkness and negativity and despair. The other wolf is goodness, hope, and light. Which wolf will win the fight? As Christians, we obviously, it's the battle of good and evil. As Christians, we want to respond, the good one. Good always triumphs in our superhero tales. Good always wins. But that's just not the truth. The truth is, it's up to us. So which wolf will win the fight? The one that you feed. Hmm. The wolf that wins the fight in your life will be the one that you continue to feed and harbor. Which one are you feeding? What you looking at? There is positivity to be found in everything. I know it's tough from one day to the next. One day you'll be on the mountaintop. The next, for no reason, some of y'all in the Valerie wondering why, wondering why God has forsaken you. We've all been there. It's really hard to keep our head up sometimes. But the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Even when I'm surrounded, this is how I fight my battles. Why? Because I'm told that I need to rejoice always. I need to pray without ceasing. And in Psalms 118, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Rejoice and what? Yes. But some of us twist that. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it when it's going good. Both of those verses say to rejoice and to give thanks, but neither say the sun is shining or the clouds are gone or that your body isn't hurting or that you woke up with perfect relationships with everybody in your life. It just says this, God made it, he is my focus, he's my priority, now I'm going to rejoice in it. It don't matter what's going on in my life. It don't matter what the clouds look like. It don't matter how the storm is raging. I'm going to lift my hands and I'm going to fight my battles and I'm going to keep my focus on the one that has my day and I'm not worried about my day. I think I've done this illustration before. I know I've done it in the youth and I may have done it in a, as part of a tithing offering one time. But I want to offer you a million dollars. If I offered you a million dollars, you would be excited, right? Who would be excited about a million dollar offer? Yeah. Everybody in here, right? How, how about this? Let's make it $10 million. You get real excited, right? What if I said in order to receive the $10 million, you don't get tomorrow? Change your mind real quick, right? In order to receive a billion dollars, you don't get tomorrow. Do you still want it? No takers? 
So what you're saying is that tomorrow is worth more than a billion dollars. So why do we not act like when we receive it every single morning that we just received something that's worth what we just said that it's worth? With every new day that you receive, something more valuable than a billion dollars just entered your life. So let's start acting like it. Every morning that you wake up and start on your way is a blessing from God. I'm going to be glad in it no matter what's in it. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords regardless of my situation. I watched this video by Michael J. Fox not too long ago. How many of y'all ever seen Back to the Future? The young guy in Back to the Future. Some of y'all young folks are like, what is Back to the Future? <laughs> but Michael J. Fox, he was the main character. And this man is a shell of what he used to be. So this interview with him is coming from someone who is broken and has a right to be down and out. But he said this, if you can find one thing to be grateful for and focus on that, that one thing in your life, then optimism is sustainable. No matter what situation you are in, no matter what kind of storms are going on in your life, no matter how bad things are, if you can find one thing and focus on that, you won't even recognize the storm raging around you. I'm going to give you some science right here. I like to keep it interactive. What color are storm clouds? Gray, black, right? Storm clouds, they're black and ominous, right? Wrong. Storm clouds are not black. If you could take a plane and fly over the storm, you would see that all those storm clouds that are raging underneath are really white. The only difference in the top of that cloud and the bottom of that cloud, because the bottom of that cloud is white, is the sun is not able to shine through it. So some of y'all didn't get that. See, the storm has gotten, the cloud has gotten so dense with water droplets that the light is not able to go all the way through it. So on the top, you see the white cloud, but the light's not, so really what you're seeing is a shadow. Some of y'all need to let the light into your life and your situation won't look as bad as it really is because those storm clouds aren't really black. You just don't have the light shining on them from the right direction and you're not looking at them with the proper perspective. It's all about perspective. The things that you focus on are the things that become important in your life. Are you seeing things correctly? What are you looking at? The Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. What thoughts are you filled with? Are you focused on the problems? Or are you focused on the God of the problems? You can take small things and magnify them to be something they're not simply by continually dwelling on them in your mind. How many of y'all have ever had a problem and it was like, all you can do is, I'm, listen, I'm a scenario runner. When I have a situation, my mind is constantly running scenarios to figure out how I get out of that situation. How many of y'all run scenarios in your mind? We're dwelling on that. We're focusing on it. We're building a throne for that situation in our lives and minds. We take small things and we're magnifying them. 
Who's ever heard the saying, making mountains out of molehills? So I want you to look at some images this morning. Those look scary, right? I wouldn't want to meet these things in a dark alley. These creatures look scary. The next one looks something similar to a prehistoric creature. Look at this guy. That is not something I want to mess with. Not something I want to meet. But do you know what these are? The first one, the first screen was a mosquito and a gnat. And this little guy that looked like he would eat me alive, this is a flea. In reality, these things are nothing to us. We come into contact with them on a daily basis and all they get is a casual brush away. Go on. Casual brush away. But when magnified and taken out of context, they could have a tendency to incite fear and anxiety and stress and frustration. This is how we do in life. We take all of our situations and things going on and we dwell on them and we zoom in on the situation and we magnify it and build it up to the point that now they've become these large, scary things that are blown way out of proportion in our lives. I'm not worried about a flea. We've lost our perspective because we lost our focus. What are some things you've magnified in your life that have become bigger than they really are or should be? As you think, I want you to get these things in your mind. I want you to think about the things that you're stressed out about right now, and I want you to just knock them, knock them away like a gnat. Get out of here. When they enter your mind, I want you to just brush them away. The things in your life that you laser in on and begin to give an audience to will sit on the throne of your mind. And if you aren't careful, they will slowly begin to dictate your direction. The same way that a tiny rudder can steer a big ship, the little things in your life can influence you and steer you in directions that you never should have been going in the first place if you let them. You have to guard your gates. The things that you see and hear influence your heart and mind. In Philippians 4 and 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. If you can find one thing, then optimism is sustainable. Focus on the blessings in your life. Focus on the things that God has done good. Focus on what he's brought you from, not where you're currently at. Focus on the good things. If you build it a throne, it will become king of your life. I'm going to say something that's going to hurt some folks' feelings right here. There are some people in this world who just can't take life. A lot of them church folks. 
We wonder why we can't entice people to church, but after being around you in all your poor, pitiful stories, I wouldn't want the God you serve either. At some point, you got to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and move forward. There's a season for mourning and a season for crying, but some of y'all went to those seasons and never left. You can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. Your situation may look bad in the flesh, but God is in control. The pain is part of the process. Don't despise the process. Trust the process even when you don't understand the process. You think you're the only one that's had to go through some things? Think again. We've all seen our days and we've all seen some more, but, and we'll probably see more and more. But some of us decided that enough is enough and I'm going to trust God. It's time to move out of those seasons of mourning and crying into a season of joy and happiness and contentment. But you have to decide. I can't decide that for you. I want you to listen to this right here because you have a choice. Are you in a bad situation? Or are you walking in God's plan? Because they're one and the same. It's all about your perspective and how you see it. Your bad situation is God's plan. You can't have both. You got to put your big kid underwear on and suck it up, buttercup. Decide. Does it look grim or do you serve a big God? Which one is it? It can't be both. Because it depends on where your focus is at. If I serve the kind of God that I, I say that I serve, my situation is never grim. There may be a moment that my flesh got uncomfortable, but my God is a God of more than enough. And he's a God whose thinking is above my thinking. And he's a God who has everything working together for my good. And he's a God who's got the cattle on a thousand hills. And he's a God that says, greater is he than is he that is in the world. And if that same God who says he's got me has rain clouds over my head, then I may get wet but that rain was sent forth to bring a harvest in my life. And I'm not gonna cry because I got a little wet, because that's part of the plan. Because God wanted me to get wet. And if God wanted me to get wet, then his will is my will. And I'm gonna be content wet, because that's part of the plan. And my focus is on God of the storm and not the storm. I'm gonna fix my eyes on him where my help comes from. And when my focus is on him, I can't see how dark it is around me because his light is so bright that the darkness fades away. Those storm clouds may look dark from your perspective, but when you add a little light to them, you realize they were bright white all the time. You ain't in a bad situation, you in a God situation. And if you disagree, you're saying that he's not the author and finisher and alpha and omega and beginning and the end. People ask me all the time, how do you stay so calm all the time? Because God's got me and he always has. God's in control. 
What you looking at? God didn't promise that we would go through this life with unicorns and rainbows. He promised trials and tribulations. But he also promised to be right by our side, always, to the end of the age. So what you looking at? The solution or the problem? It's easy to look at your mountains and be discouraged. To get down and out and think, this is impossible. Nothing is impossible with my God. But God, look at it. Wow, that's bigger than I expected. On the screen, really, that's bigger than I expected. Look at it. It's huge. God, how can I deal with that in my life? I can't handle that. It's steep and treacherous. There's loose rocks and sharp edges. What if I fall? There's no trail. It's going to kill me. There's no way I make it. Look how far it is to the top. If God brought me to a mountain, then he's going to get me to the top. It's not about the ominous mountains. You're focused on the wrong thing. Stop worrying about the mountain. It's not about those seemingly impossible situations. It's not about all the things that you're going through. I want you to take all those things that you thought about earlier, all those situations that you're facing, and place it on the side of this mountain. I want you to think about your lost loved ones. I want to think about the addictions. I want you to think about all the stresses and anxiety and fear and all the things in, the, in your life that you see as mountain, as mountains. And I want you to place them on that mountain. It's easy to look at those mountains and be discouraged. It's not about the seemingly impossible situations. It's about who holds my mountains. God is in control. He's got all of it in his hands. So what you looking at? See, I was so laser focused on my problems. I was so laser focused on the mountain. I was magnifying the mountain and I was focused on all the things going wrong in my life, all the problems. And I was trying to figure out how to fix them and running all the scenarios of what I could do that I didn't even see that the solution was holding my problem the whole time. All it took was a little refocusing and zooming out and shifting my focus and lifting my eyes to where my help came from. Don't magnify your mountains. Magnify him and he will fill you full of peace and joy and contentment. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I promise you, this is the most important blessing that you can chase after. I pray this over my kids every single day that they've been alive. And with school starting back, this is what I want to pray over each and every one of these kids and teachers as they go back into the mission field. Lord, fill them with peace, joy, and happiness, and contentment. Because no matter what life throws at them, if you can have that in the midst of the storms, your life will be gravy. 
No situation will ever bring you down. If you, and if you can be happy in a storm, that's a game changer. It's the most important blessing that I feel like God can put on my life. To be focused on Him. Don't let them be distracted by the world and all the sparkly things that, dangles in, that the devil's going to dangle in front of them. Because when you go back, all the peer pressure's there. All the people that don't love Jesus are, is, are there. And they don't want you to have, you, they don't want you happy. I mean, I've heard the saying that misery loves company. If somebody's down and out, they don't want to see somebody smiling. They're after you and your happiness. Imagine being able to be happy no matter what's going on in your life. It says that if we focus on him, that he will fill us with a peace that passes all understanding. The people around you won't even understand why you're so happy. They won't get it. If he's your priority and number one focus, he will fill you with an anointing so powerful that fear and anxiety and depression and the cares of life won't be able to press their way in. I want to be filled to the point where nothing else can get into my life. I want to be filled with an anointing and filled with his presence so powerful that when the devil attacks and he's looking for a way in, he can't find even a little small gap to get into my life. I want to be filled. Pastor, if you could, you could join me. I want to close it out with this demo. We have to be filled vessels or the pressures of life will crush us. I've, Pastor, I've got two cans here. I'm going to set them up here. I want you to start with that one. You're the pressures of life. You're the peer pressure. You're all the things. This, this is a horrible demo. I'm putting you as the bad guy. <laughs> You're all the things going wrong in life. <laughs> I want you to stomp that can. Crush it. He's too strong. Pastor Sosa, <laughs> that was a better demo than I expected. I mean, he just destroyed it. Okay? But we have this one. Same exact can. Same exact. They, they were bought in the same store. This one's still cold and dripping. Same exact thing. There's no difference in these two vessels. Now I want you to stand on this one. You got it. If you fall, I'll catch you. No difference in the vessels. The only difference in the vessels is that one was filled and one was empty. Don't go into life with, with, without God and without all the things and being filled. I want to be filled. When the mountains yell and the pressures of life hit, they won't even compare to what you're already filled with if he's in you. Be filled with the word. Be filled with praise. Be filled with gratitude. Be filled with joy. Be filled with peace. Be filled with contentment. Be filled with a, filled with a power that is so strong that the pressures of life can't overtake you. There were no difference in the vessels. One was filled and one was empty. Students, parents, teachers, don't try to go through life empty. 
I want a field teacher talking to my students. I want a field student walking into the schools. I want a field administrator leading the way for my schools. I want a field parent parenting the students. You can't do life empty. As school starts back, this is what Youth Sunday's all about. It's imperative that we get filled and not walk out into this, into this world empty or we will be crushed. He's not a respecter of persons. If you aren't filled and your focus is off, make no mistake about it, he will take you out. So let's shift our focus this morning and start this school year off right with filled vessels. What you looking at?